This is a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Starship Zero G, science fiction, fantasy and historical radio for episode number 1172 entitled A Panther Abamyama, which is Zosa for the Black Panther. The podcast title today is The Black Podtha. And why are we using Zosa? It's because that's the, uh, the language of the Wakandans in the new Marvel movie which I have seen in, uh, what's the cinema, VMAX on the weekend. Not, oh, not yes. 3D, not 3D, but big enough. Large screen. Large screen. And Megan's seen it too? Yes, I have. I trotted along to my local Sun Theatre. Mm-hmm. So we're all prepped for this. This is a major movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the 18th Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Yes. Although, you know, that's, that's true. That's, these are the Marvel Studios movies, but now we've sort of got a think about integrating the other uh, movies that have been done as well. Like, I mean, you could really say that um, the Blade movies mm. fitted somewhere. I mean, they actually fit independently kind of. Oh, They're it's not all really. too much know, though, much. isn't it? I That's think there's much. plenty there. Yeah, We've got a, you know, a large buffet table. There's no need to introduce side tables of food. Okay. I'm <laughs> I'm schooled. I will not do that. <laughs> I just I thought it was interesting, especially since Wesley Snipes, mm. before he uh, did Blade, yep. was trying to get a Black Panther movie up and running. Oh. Yeah. That's a, yeah that would have been a, quite a good fit, I think. And it was getting advanced enough to um, to bring in Stan Lee and yep. that sort of stuff. So. But they didn't. They wouldn't have quite had their this kind of MCU offering yet. Mm. So I think it's kind of nice that this has come at a time. I think this is kind of a nice time for this movie to be released. Yeah, well, it's culturally contextual. Yes. And and, and how. Um, before this movie, uh, I, I started, uh, before I started researching the history of the, the Sable Big Cat, mm-hmm. um, I only really knew the Black Panther as one of the Avengers. Yes, so obviously while this is his first film, it's not the first time we've seen the Black Panther. No. Because he was in... Um, Event, uh, ooh, no, not Avengers, Captain America Civil War. Yes. Um, Avengers 2.5. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've seen him a lot before in other Avengers contexts, obviously yes. in the comic books. He's the, he's the guy who shows up with uh, who's technological, scientific mm. genius, combat skills, armour, vibranium-laced mm. armour, and arrogance was almost equal to Iron Man's. <laughs> almost equal, Maybe there's course. some kind of thread there, you know, between <laughs> intellect and arrogance, do you think? <laughs> well, I had a similar challenge to what I had with Doctor Strange. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, maybe you are right. <laughs> I actually, I've, oh, I sh- I'm a bit disappointed in myself. I, sh- I actually have the graphic... Um, sort of the comic collection trade oh. of one of the new Black Panthers that I should have looked at. The 2016. Today. What a fool! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know they're doing. They're trying to kind of reboot the comics on the side as well, mm. and getting in a lot of really amazing um, black writers to contribute. Of course, and spearhead that. Uh, and of course, there's the whole socio-political context of this film. I always like to trot that word out. Oh yes. <laughs> 
as a responsible... <laughs> yes. In, in US African-American terms and in the broader aspect of Western colonialism and racism across Pan-Africa, uh, I'm on a little more familiar turf there as there are obvious similarities between those issues, mm-hmm. uh, ones that we have, all have as, as Australians mm. and ones I've had more personal experience with as, a, as somebody of partly Chinese descent living yes. in Australia. So I've got an inkling of what it means to have such a strong representation of people and culture up on the big screen. Mm. So with me it was like um, Sulu mm, in yes. Star Trek. yeah. Uh, it was like here, here suddenly there was an Asian on the screen, never mind that he was Japanese-American. Um, <laughs> it's like we'll take it, we'll take we'll whatever. We'll take it, we could get. He wasn't a martial artist, which no. was a bit of a cliche. Mm. Uh, he wasn't a busboy, he wasn't a cook mm. or any of those other things. Although Sakura, uh, Hikaru Sulu can actually make a mean. Mm. <laughs> was was, was it you and I that we were discussing The Good Place and we were talking a bit about, I mean, you've had enough time to catch up yeah. about Jason yeah, and, yeah. and his role and how basically um, the actor who plays Jason Mendoza, he was saying that it's so refreshing because all of the – because Jason's an idiot. Yes. All of the other roles he's been offered and all the other things, chances he has as an Asian actor is to play the nerd, is to play the smart guy or whatever. Yeah. He never gets to play the doofus, like the jock doofus. Um, and I thought that was really interesting and I do think – you know, Asian representation is still a bit fraught in Hollywood at the yeah. moment. So, but it's nice to think if somebody's saying we have the right to be stupid. Exactly, but, <laughs> but that's it because our pigeonhole is yeah. martial artist, computer or geek, computer yep. whiz, nerd kind of. Anyway, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> Sidetrack. That's, your... that's the whole thing. Yeah, but you know, but I'm really aware that, that I'm not. African-American or African-Australian or anything at all mm. like that. Uh, so, you know, just um, putting that to one side there, uh, just another... Well, actually, I'm not kind of entirely just an old white guy talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not, you know, fully white. <laughs> many things in the mix. It gets, it gets a bit tacky when you start thinking about that sort of thing. What I, or what I always like to think about is this, is a, this story was told with black actors, mm-hmm. um, the soundtrack and whatnot, there's a lot of um, contributors who are black, the director's black, and I think for me that's what's important. I feel like if the people who have had this kind of lived experience are the ones who get to control the narrative, then, you know, and obviously it's not like one person can represent everyone, but it's a good start besides, you know, having old director, white guy who's 50 trying to, you know, steer this ship. Well, there is one thing that we do know with a solid lock, and that's superhero movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking of um, young white guys, the Black Panther actually was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, first, wow. first appearance, Fantastic Four, number 52 in July 1966. So that's um, actually uh, three, uh, three uh, P.I.M., Post mm. Iron Man, mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, in the in the Silver Age of comic books, and um, the Black Panther's real name, spoiler, <laughs> or actually this might be, it's not actually a Wakandan state secret. Everybody knows that uh, King T'Challa mm. of Wakanda is the Black Panther. Yes, uh, it is a a. Um, uh, a franchise role. Yes, because there have been successive Black Panthers throughout history, mm-hmm. um, almost like the uh, the, the, the than- Phantom. The ghost yeah. Walks. So that's interesting, I guess, is, I don't know, who are the other kind of superheroes that have, I mean, I guess a lot of them now have 
female counterparts or whatnot. Do we but, count Catwoman? Well, yeah. Well, no, I would count her as her own thing. No, I'm thinking of Halle Berry's Catwoman. Oh, well, no. That was a franchise. Um, no, well, I mean, Iron Man has gone through several different people wearing mm, the Iron Man armour, mm. including James Rhodes. Yeah, sure. Another early but, black superhero. But then is that... I wouldn't still construe that to be that one identity, though. I think the mm. difference with Black Panther is it's it's like the face of Black Panther is passed on, whereas with the others it's always they've got their own iteration of it. Yeah. Like I would say Rhodey's Iron Man is probably... Doctor Who? Different. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I'd view it as more of a Doctor Who. Yeah. Or James Bond. Mm. Oh, well, yeah, well mm. theory being. And this movie, yeah. this current Black Panther movie, is very uh, Bondian in some respects. Mm. There's a there's a heavy espionage component to it. Now, um, spoiler-wise here, uh, I think we're going to... We'll, we will, um, with our amazing panther-like agility, we will dance around yes. major plot points so yes, that we don't give good. anything away. Yep. So we'll talk generally about the film mm-hmm. uh, what we thought about it in today's Zero G. So let's have a track here from the actual soundtrack. This is not um, uh, music inspired by the Black Panther movie. So this is actually from the soundtrack Mm -hmm. Um, because, of course, this is one of those movies that's bound to have a great soundtrack added on to its soundtrack as well. Yeah, so Kendrick Lamar, I believe, was the Mm. fellow who was tasked with pulling together different artists and he wrote some original tracks for it. Yeah. Are you familiar with him? No. Okay. (laughs) I just like to check. I I have... um, eccentric tastes anyway. <laughs> uh, so they don't always go as mainstream, as popular. Mm. I just feel such. like this is a nice way to bring Kendrick into your life, Exactly. Rob. I is, think this is a good avenue. <laughs> I look upon these things as a journey for me yeah. of exploration too. So anyway, this is the, the soundtrack is by a guy called uh, Ludwig Goranson, double mm-hmm. S-O-N, and it's called Wakanda and it gives you the... Well, you, this is no surprise. We already know that Wakanda is an African technopolis. Yes. One of the, or the most advanced human city on the planet. Mm. Hi, this is Scott Bakula. Welcome aboard Zero G on free Triple R FM. Ooh, that's great. That's a really fine piece of cinematic I like that. It really sets the scene for our discussion as well. Uh, yeah, I Wakanda. Like that Ludwig Goranson from the soundtrack of The Black Panther. I was quite excited by seeing this movie come into the Marvel production slate early on because precisely because I didn't know too much about the character. Yes. You know, I mean, an Iron Man movie, Captain America, Hulk, etc. I know a lot about these mm. people from past encounters. And he has some <laughs> yardsticks as to what you expect. Yeah. Whereas for this I went in with very little expectation in a good way. Mm. Look, I'm going to be up front here and say my Zero G, yeah, nah, maybe rating right up the start, whether, whether or how I felt about it, mm-hmm. coming out of it. Um, I just went, yeah, <laughs> it was cool. Yeah. It was a cool film. Uh, look, I think that there are many, many, many familiar tropes and riffs in this story, mm. uh, but I felt that they were treated in a, I'm not exactly a new way, but we've, and this is extraordinary, I thought, with dignity mm. and intelligence. Yeah. Some, somehow almost like we were looking at some of these tropes anew for the first time. I do think it had a good element of spin on it in terms of how things were presented. Mm. I think I really enjoyed it. I think it's a worthwhile venture. I, it's not up there with 
my favourites, but I think it's a good entry into the franchise and I do think it's worth seeing. Absolutely. Um, I thought I enjoyed it quite a bit, but like I said, it's not up there for me. Um, It's it's busting the arse of the box office. Which is great, I think. Like, I mean, yeah. Kind yeah, of reviving. I mean, think people are getting a bit fatigued. I think this has got something new to offer, which is hopefully going to sure, revive that. Sure. Look, I, you know me. I'm the energizer bunny of superhero movies. Just bring them on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just, me too. But I think I think even people who um, are fans are getting a bit left behind. You know. Yeah. See, I, I'm knitted into the universe, so I, I feel like they're catering to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's Jan service, basically. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, created back in 1966 by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Uh, we know that T'Challa is king and the protector of Wakanda, which, by the way, is a fictional African nation. Yes, not real, guys. Not real. Um, but, you know, in my heart, in my heart-shaped herb, it is real. <laughs> um, and and, uh, and a court, reportedly it doesn't ha- – it predates – the Black Panther's name predates the founding of the Black Panther Activist Party. Ah. So, uh, as far as Stanley and Jack Kirby were concerned, it had nothing necessarily to do with that. Mm. But you know, these are awfully close in time and space. Mm-hmm. So. There was a World War Two um, uh, segregated um, Black Panthers tank battalion. So maybe um, that's something that Stanley and Jack would have been very much aware of. Being uh, do you think that then the movement was from the comics? Named after it. Well, they had a Black Panther as their logo so, before. So, you know, it's just, I think, maybe just a, a collision. But who um, knows? Who knows? I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, he is the uh, the first major black superhero in uh, American mainstream comic books. Um, there were other black heroes and characters, but none with proper superpowers. Uh, he... <sighs> Sits in a in a nest of um, Marvel characters, African American heroes. Of course, Black Panther is actually just straight African, mm-hmm. uh, but he spent a lot of time in America yeah. um, in the comic books. So we've got the Falcon, uh, James Rhodes' War Machine, mm-hmm. uh, who was actually introduced early on in the Iron Man comics. Mm. Um, Luke Cage, Power Man, yep. <laughs> Sweet Christmas, <laughs> uh, Misty Knight. Yes. Uh, Goliath, mm. uh, who's going, who seems to be being played in the Ant-Man movies by um, uh, quite a serious actor. Um, <laughs> you'll be surprised. Go and have a look. Have a look. I'll, I'll continue. Uh, Blade, Wesley Snipes, of course. Um, Storm, Halle Berry. Uh, Monica Rambeau, who was one of the Captain Marvels. Um, Brother Voodoo. Michael Collins, who is the Deathlock in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but also in some of the comic books. Uh, Nick Fury, of course, the uh, the Samuel L. Jackson um, Marvel Ultimates incarnation. And uh, Riri Williams, Ironheart. That's just a few in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are quite... Uh, sorry, in the comics as well. Uh, there are quite a few DC mm. African-American heroes and other... But there's, we could go on forever. Yeah. With those. Um, now, there are several really important arcs of comic books. The origin story gets told in the course of uh, Fantastic Four 52 and 53 back in the 60s. Yep. Uh, there's another one in the 1970s called Panther's Rage, which runs over two years and is actually one of the, if not the, well, you know, it kind of gets muddy there when you start being definitive, but it's one of the very earliest and most influential. 
uh, story arcs that actually resembles a graphic novel. Mm. So this is like about 10 years before Watchmen and all that sort of stuff. So um, it is actually a kind of a proto-graphic novel. Uh, and that um, was by Don McGregor. So very influential one, that one. Big, huge character arc. And that was actually in uh, Jungle Action, mm. which before the Black Panther was largely concerned with white guys adventuring in Africa, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and that actually is a trope that I grew up with. Um, so but we'll mm. explore that a little bit later. Uh, Christopher J. Priest in the late 1990s did a huge um, Black Panther series, not to be confused with Christopher Priest, the um, British writer, science fiction writer, um, and that was a very influential one, both artistically and stylistically, because it was known for flashbacks and uh, and all sorts of messing around with the space-time narrative. You know, uh, the two thousand and five Black Panther series, which was um, written by uh, Reginald Hudlin, who did, um, who's a Hollywood director and producer. Uh, Django Unchained was one of one of his pieces, uh, and. Um, John Romita Jr. did the artwork for that one. The latest one that you were talking about is the one that was launched in 2016. Yes. And that's by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Yes. Yes. So he's written a lot of really great stuff. Um, mm. And I think they're also bringing in Roxane Gay, who's another um, female writer that I really... Female writer, I don't know why I had to specify that. Another writer that I really like. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of spearheading... Or he's spearheading the new... Um, Incarnation spearheading is is very much a, a term of, <laughs> appropriate to the Black Panther because there are lots of spears in it. Uh, okay, now this the, the character as we were talking about, we have seen him before the the particular actor doing the the role in an, mm. um, the Captain America uh, Civil yes. War movie. Um, he has featured a lot in some of the television cartoons mm-hmm. uh, and especially a really good one that they used to play on SBS because, you know, how they used to rotate these things. Um, it was a Marvel Knights one and it was a um, – they, they take a motion comic. You mm. know, where they're taking a comic and they, and they add limited motion to oh, it. okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of actually traditional for Marvel. They used to do that with um, in the 1960s. Mm. Uh, but this one, um, and I've got a copy of it at home somewhere. I must watch it again. A beautiful Black Panther story set in Africa as, mm. uh, as Wakanda is being invaded uh, and they have to fight it off and it's just so stylish and the yeah. music is great. And, and I feel like that's kind of a natural precursor to this movie. Yeah. Just to update you on the powers of the Black Panther, mm. um, he's, he, in the comic books he's a, a skilled hunter and tracker and this is straight from the Marvel wiki, Marvel <laughs> wiki you know, skilled hand-to-hand We're combatant. not meant to show our hand with that stuff. That's right. This is like um, a squirrel girl showing her uh, collection of um, super villain trading cards that she she got from Deadpool. (laughs) He utilises high-tech equipment and weapons, including the vibranium-laced outfit that he wears. He's got enhanced strength, speed, agility and durability. And he has um, a kind of a precognition, kind of like a panther sense, and protection against mystical attacks. So um, I'm guessing if you went if you went up to him and tried to boop him on the nose like you do with your house cat, he'd wriggle away really quickly. Yes, he has an ingrained <laughs> sense of righteousness. Yes. Um, all of those um, powers are duplicated to some extent with other characters in mm. the Marvel Universe. Cap has got a vibranium, adamantium, alloy shield. Uh, you know all those other things? Mm. Uh, he has them all in one package. It, he does actually um, remind me of several other characters. Mm, mm. Uh, but 
with him is a very, very strong sense of place. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now that's always been important in Marvel uh, in, the, in Marvel comics. You've got the Avengers Tower and Mansion with the Avengers, the Baxter Building for the Fantastic Four, the Heli Carrier, the Triskelion mm. for Shield, the Savage Land with Kazar and Shana the She Devil. Then you've got the ones like Asgard and Atlantis, mm. the New Atalan and Latveria, and those last four have one thing in common: they're all kingdoms. Yeah. And the Black Can- Panther is king of Wakanda, and yeah. it's very, very important that whole aspect of the character, both in the comics. And this movie. Yeah. Because this is a movie that's, um, as we were saying before, it's got the, uh, sort of an international espionage component to make it be writ larger than just yeah. in Wakanda. But it also has a very strong tide to the soil, quite literally with the vi- vibranium aspect of the, of the country. And it's important that we see uh, T'Challa become king mm. in this story. And, yeah, I know people have said, you know, this is just like Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> kind of because we saw his father killed in Prior, Civil yeah. War um, by uh, terrorists and um, for which uh, Bucky Barnes got the... Uh, mm. yeah. And by the way, um, yeah, this is another MCU movie and it does need to continue on into the Infinity War yes. saga. Yep. But there's not much to do with it. No. Really. It's more of a standalone film. Well, this is the thing is that I thought was interesting is when it started, I was like, oh, okay, they're going to need to have some character, some thread to connect it or something that we're familiar with to kind of ground it. Yeah. And I think for me that character was the Martin Freeman character oh, who yes. we saw in Civil War. Ross. He's the CIA agent. Yeah. He's our next-gen um, agent. What's that guy? Agent who, Coulson. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Next, he's our new agent Coulson. I really like him. But yeah. he's that kind of thread that's trying to loop us back into the main story. But you're right, he's more just there for us to mm. be familiar with things. The, this story is very much running off on its own course. It takes place, it starts off about, uh, well, apart from the prologue, it starts off um, really about a week after the events of Civil War. Mm. So it's that fresh, basically. Yes, yeah, yeah. Now, another thing that that flies across this, I feel, is the lost African kingdom trope, Mm. which is Mm. very strong in uh, science fiction and one that I grew up with mm. in, in science fiction and fantasy and historical adventures, you know, with the works of H. Ryder Haggard with Alan Quatermain and uh, The Kingdom of She and uh, or Aisha and also uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs with some of his Tarzan adventures in particular with oh, many lost yes. kingdoms there. Yeah. There's a bunch of others as well. Now, that also ties in with Afrofuturism. Now, it's a very specific type of futurism. Yes. Uh, which is... Um, uh, been been pushed a lot in music. Yes, it's a big musical mu- mm-hmm. movement uh, and art. Um, the the example I saw before me was uh, Basquiat. Oh yes, and Jean Michel uh, Basquiat. Yes, and uh, Sun Ra, of course, which yeah. even I am familiar with the work of Sun Ra. Uh, and when they also mention Afrofuturism, they also talk about the Black Panther. Mm, yeah, and if you realise that Jack Kirby created that, whose work we've seen spectacularly showcased in Thor Ragnarok recently, yeah, can you imagine that African kingdom mm. that's this uh, wonderful technological marvel, as yeah. well as being closely integrated into the into the earth and the culture yeah. that came before the vision. Visuals are really yeah. bring that out. Yeah, strongly. exactly. The design of this film is another character. Yeah, uh, both in costumes and technology and special effects and yep. fighting How it's skills all knitted together. Even yeah. the color palettes and things, I think, are treated really nicely to show kind of different um, 
tribes. Really, <laughs> really, I could just sit down and watch a movie, a travelogue about Wakanda. Yeah, basically, yeah. it's um, it's treated very nicely. Yeah, uh, and this is what the director has to say about it, um, and I think this really summed up a lot because of what has happened to the continent over time. It's been systematically stripped of many things and the people there on the continent tend to not have financial control over the things that could potentially bring them value. So I think that Wakanda is the ultimate African fantasy, a place that was able to maintain dominion over their natural resource, able to control it, able to use it to grow scientifically and culturally and able to defend it from people who want to take it. Mm. And that really sums up this film in a Mm. nutshell. Mm. That's lovely. Yeah, because the Wakandans are actually... He really knows what he's doing. Yeah, (laughs) the Wakandans are actually kind of a little bit xenophobic Mm. because they've seen what's happened to Africa around their little island. You feel that as a viewer, don't you? You're very much like, oh, I don't know about this. You guys, you've got to protect yourselves. Yeah, because you you know what will happen. You're with them. You're really very much like you know exactly how that story plays out. Mm. And so you don't begrudge them there. Because, you know, it's well known they're kind of very secretive, they're very much. So you don't begrudge them that at all, I think, because of that historical context where you think, yep, might get taken away from you. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, in a way this this movie does really reinforce the counter stereotype Mm, mm. um, of that kind of... uh, Environment, because a lot of the other places in the Marvel universe, and this is the stereotype in the M- in Marvel universe, basically, mm. that stereotype is that Atlantis, Atala- New Atalan, Asgard—they're mm. all very isolationist. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah. until they want to invade us. Well, yeah, <laughs> and fair dues sometimes. Mm. I mean, you know, like the Atlanteans have all that. Um, Glitter and uh, microbeads from cosmetics going into well, the environment. Yeah, don't even get me started on microbeads. Yeah, do know. not use an exfoliating scrub, Rob. No, I don't. Good. No. <laughs> it's like the Klingon aspect there. <laughs> <laughs> Swimming—it's too much like bathing. <laughs> Hi, I'm George Takei, and I play Admiral Sulu in Star Trek. Welcome aboard the Starship Zero G, Admiral. Hey, a guy can dream, can't he? <laughs> We're talking about the Black Panther movie here on Zero G. Uh, try not to spoil it too yes. much. Just generally, it is a fresh, a freshie. A fresh film, yeah. Only came out last week. Uh, the director Ryan Kyle Coogler, American film director and screenwriter. He did a movie called Fruitvale Station. Oh, uh, which did is, he? Yes, it's the right. One. He must have pulled Michael B. Jordan over from that. How he, he he loves Michael B. Jordan. He is his muse. <gasps> so do I. Uh, he that was the one that was the, uh, the one about um, Oscar Grant who got shot to death by a police officer mm. at one of the uh, Bayside area rapid transit stations in two thousand and nine. Oh, Marvel! They know what they're doing they pulling they're in doing. these these talents. And his uh, seventh. This, he did the seventh film in the Rocky film saga, Creed. Yeah. Okay. I'm seeing the muse connection. Now. Michael B. Jordan was once again. <laughs> yes, uh, and the, he wrote this script. Kugler wrote this script with, for the Black Panther with Joe Robert Cole, who has worked on American Crime Story on television. Okay, so the basic story, without spoilers, is this is after Captain America: Civil War. Um, Prince T'Challa's father, King T'Chaka, was killed at the United Nations mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. by Helmet Zemo. Yes. Um, 
So uh, they're all – he's gone back home, so there's a period of mourning and all that. But he also inherits not just the throne but mm. the Black Panther mantle, yes. which is the whole superhero rig and uh, yeah. character as protector of Wakanda. It goes with being king of Wakanda. If you can, if you can uh, hold on to it. Yes. Yes, there's some things in this movie where uh, democracy is sort of um, – goes a bit demon crazy, really. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's its own form of democracy, is it not? Yes, and I, I often I would say I'd like to see Donald Trump retain power that way. <laughs> a challenger, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Uh, he, um, uh, there, are, there are more elements here, and speaking of elements, the plot sort of revolves, as you know, really, mm-hmm. around the MacGuffin of Vibranium, uh, which is a mountain of extraterrestrial alloy which Wakanda just happens to be sitting on top mm. of. It was a meteorite that crashed Earth many, many, many years ago. Many, many, many years ago, like, you know, millions. Uh, and that's helped power their enormous yep. uplift of civilization. And that's where it gets cool because they definitely, with relish, lean into this kind of yep. what kind of cool tech yep. is going to be here. And it's this great techno, oh, yeah. Techno African. Yeah, I don't amazing. know. It's done really well. The, I think thing about that is here's a thing that people may not necessarily think about. This is a science fiction film. Mm. Vibranium is their science fiction element in this film. It has to be explored. That's what science fiction does well. And they do. Mm. Uh, it, it rings lots of changes throughout the film. It's important in the plot pretty much all the way through. Yeah. Uh, it, it has um, a direct effect upon uh, individual scenes quite a bit. Mm. Well, and, you know, this idea of the valuable resource. The unobtainium. Yeah, yeah. It, it's... It's very much a thread throughout the film. Yeah. As well as other, you know, like pride and country and, and family. And, <laughs> and that too, yeah. Pride and prejudice and rhinos. Oh, mm. yeah. <laughs> Enough said on that. Enough said, exactly. Uh, just, you know. Uh, okay, so um, this is, a, you know, beyond uh, beyond that film, it's about the, uh, the kingship, what it takes to be a king and a leader. It is... An origin story. Yes. Even though we've seen him before, his true... It is his origin story because after his father's death, this is where he has to discover what kind of king he's going to be, mm. etc. So we are starting from scratch here. And this, I think, is one of the film's many strengths. Um, they do a thoroughgoing exploration of that. It's a great story arc for the character. Mm. Uh, it has effects upon all of the people around him. Um, and also... In a, in a way, it reminds me a little bit of the Camelot story. Mm. You know, this is, to me, and it's very moving, I think, yeah. the whole way. And he's a good king, really, but, you know, he, there are he is, nuances. I, I mean, the thing about that I find interesting about his character is he's a bit of a wet rag mm. in some ways, but I, you still have this affinity for him. But he's got the weight. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is a character, you know, it's, it's, it's Shakespearean, really. You it, look, yeah. When he assumes that, he, the weight... He's the protagonist, but he's never the most interesting person in the room. But what they have done is surrounded him with many, many, many interesting people in the room. And lots of strong women. Lots of strong women. (laughs) Strong women. The women in this film are fierce, fearsome people. Um, And they don't – there's no nonsense about them being warrior women. They just – this happens to be the king's personal guard in most cases. Yeah. Or his mum. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) Or his little sister. Yeah. Um, I like that. It doesn't make this big point. Like, look, look, look at all these strong women in this film. Yeah. Look at them go. It's just like this is a story, mate. Yeah. 
This these, is what's happening. This is the, uh, this is the these are his personal guards, mm-hmm. and by God, they or by best, they mm. certainly do fulfil that role. Um, but I don't want to neglect Chadwick Boseman's outstanding performances, T'Challa. Um, I've seen him before playing Thoth in Gods of Egypt. <laughs> He's sort of got a, a, a smouldering, understated performance. I think. <laughs> okay, I, I probably won't wouldn't use those words. Maybe myself. not smouldering. But he is a king. Yeah. Um, who has doubts, grave doubts, grumbling doubts. Uh, and and I just love the way he just steps up to this role and just fills it, basically. Mm. He, he's, he is as much the Black Panther as any of the Chris's are their characters, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a lovely choice. Yeah, I think he's great. He's perfect. Um, and, and along with that, he has the physicality for the role. Mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did a lot of the, the, the stunts that he was allowed to do. Yeah, you know himself, uh, and he just looks apart. So yeah. absolutely perfect. <laughs> I mean, he's <laughs> yeah, he's black. Yeah, no, he moves, no, he, he moves, does. He's he he's got like, a sense of he moves like a panther, and he he does have a sense of kind of respect about him. I think yeah. he has a really nice job of being like someone who you'd look at if they came into the room. Yeah. Now, Michael B. Jordan plays uh, another character in this. He's not the Human Torch this no. time. I had <laughs> blocked goodness. out that he was in that yes. film. More, think of him more like his character in Chronicle. Yes. Mm, a little bit. Uh, and he's also going to play Guy Montag in the Fahrenheit 451. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Adaptation. Stop it. I... Yeah, Michael B. Jordan I've always liked and he pops up around and he's done a lot of really great stuff, a couple which you've mentioned. Mm. Um, obviously he was in Friday Night Lights. But also he, um, you know, I think he's really great and I think he did. He was perfect for this role. He plays, we know he plays a villain in the, um, yeah, in the trailer, uh, but he's a nuanced one. Yeah, I keep using that word and that's what that strikes me about this film. There's a lot of nuance in it. No, but I would say he's... One of the really good vis- villains that we've seen of late. Mm. I uh, would have, I could have done with more of him in this film. I would have liked to see much. I mean, we saw plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, <laughs> come on, he's a smouldering hottie. Yeah. I, I mean, personally, from my perspective, I, that was appreciated. Okay, um, but he does a really, really perfect job of being vulnerable, hmm. but also being super tough. Being scary, but also you feel for him as well, even though he's like off the rails. And the chemistry between him and Chadwick, yeah, in terms of protagonist antagonist, ah, it's just great. It's the perfect it's, dark and light. Yeah. I really think that the, you're right. The chemistry there was spot on. We've got Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia, and um, I've seen her before, sort of. She was uh, the motion capture player for Maz Kanata in uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in the Jungle Book as well, she was the the voice of um, the Mother Wolf. Yep. Uh, and she's a, a kind of an undercover spy. And um, so she's uh, the, the, the love interest, really. Yes. Yeah, yeah. sort of. <laughs> Well, I don't you know, know what I don't she's know. She's got other things on her mind besides being in someone's love interest. Yes. Yeah, that's it. This is the thing. Um, I only use that as a shorthand because that is far from the main thing that she does in this film. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I love the way that she is uh, almost like the, <laughs> I hesitate to say, the Black Widow of Wakanda. Um, but it's true. Yeah. She's got all yeah. that going on with her. She's smart and. She's now got, she's got guts. Uh, also amongst the king's personal guard, the, uh, the Dora Milaje is um, Dana Gurira, who plays yep. 
Okoye. Or, and um, I'm kicking myself all around the studio because I just looked up who that was. And give me, give me a break here. <laughs> they shaved a head. Yeah. It's um, Michonne from The Walking Dead. And who proves to be yes. yet another ass-booting Sheila in this film. As I'm not a Walking Dead gal, so I didn't – I'm not kicking myself, but mm. – um, Yeah, she is uh, – you know, these are, these are actually characters who would traditionally be sidekicking sidekicks, mm. but um, here they are actually full characters and they serve the wonderful, wonderful purpose of taking the mickey out of T'Challa yeah. every single chance they get. Yeah. <laughs> Look, and there are some notes that don't quite work for me, yeah. comedy notes, yeah. but I forgive the film that because I can see what it's trying to do. They're trying to – these are the people who are providing the human face of T'Challa that you really yeah. need to have for him to be a good king. And to see him in, in the sense of not being a king but, like, as part of a family, a family someone's yeah. son, someone's brother, you know, and how fallible that can be and, you know, he's not perfect. We also have uh, Letita Wright playing uh, T'Challa's younger sister, the technological genius Shuri. She's great. We have seen her before in Doctor Who from Face the Raven and uh, also in the series Humans and in Black Mirror in that uh, episode Black ah. Museum. She's the, um, the, woman, the woman who turns up into the museum. Interesting. Um, and I am so jealous that she got to play Shuri, not because I want to play Shuri, but because if I had to pick an actress to play Ruri Williams, Ironheart, uh, she would be the one. And now she's been taken. Now she's been taken away from the Stark universe. She's fantastic <laughs> in this. Like they have a lot of fun with, with that stuff and her and Martin Freeman have a nice chemistry. Yes, yeah. Um, oh, don't forget Martin Freeman in this, who, who has actually a, a proper role in he this He does. Role. He's not, got stuff to do. Not just comic relief. No, he's really good. I think he's actually a lovely choice to play there. And there's a rumour that because of the of the stuff that he does in this film, one particular thing, he might end up in uh, appearing in the Captain Marvel oh, cool. movie. I saw this tweet that was about how, you know, most of the actors in the cast are black and the two um, sort of Caucasian actors um, are obviously Martin Freeman, who was Bilbo. Andy And Circus. then Andy Serkis, who was Gollum, and so they're the two Tolkien white guys. Yes, this is Did true. Did you see that? Yes. <laughs> Um, look, uh, we, we don't have time to go through all of the other cast, but... Uh, they're good. They're Forrest, solid. Forrest Whitaker is a... Um, uh, to do with that Fruitville Station movie mm. as well. So he's obviously been pulled in from that. And we've seen him a lot too before in uh, <laughs> different productions that yeah. are kind of similar in a way, him. like Ghost he's, Dog, uh, yeah. uh, Rogue One, etc. Uh, and I actually thought he was really good in this. He, yeah. he gives that he, he's that sort of wise mentor sort of but role. But that's hyper role. You can pull in a Forrest Whitaker and he just yeah. dials it in and goes home. I mean, he did a lovely job. I want to give a special mention to Andy Serkis. Oh, yeah. Who, who plays Ulysses Claw in this. Uh, we saw him in um, yeah. Civil War, um, sorry, Age of Ultron. Yep. Um, and he had his arm blown off in that. Yeah. Um, he's not actually out looking for revenge, really. Not no, really. No, um, He's more about... Money. Dollars, yeah, cold hard cash. Krugerrands. He wants Krugerrands. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought he was a really great second banana villain. Yeah, he's good. 
And Circus plays it in this maniacal, I'm so happy to be doing all of this. Yeah. It's just so much fun. Uh, I don't care if people are shooting at me. I'm going to stop and have a time to say, uh, take time to say, wasn't that great? Yeah. You know? <laughs> he does, no, he's, he does a really good job with that character. He's yeah. obviously just having a ball. Yeah. Um, Angela so got, Bassett is also yes, in there yes. as T'Challa's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing her most recently. She was in the season three of American Horror Story. Coming. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's great, obviously. I must catch up with Roanoke for that one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so we've got what we've got here. We've got uh, great actors, really strong characters, good relationships between the characters, um, a plot that, let's be honest, isn't the most original of MCU ones. Not at all. Uh, but as I said, because of the way it's told, it I, I felt it felt really f- fresh all the way through. Um, the design and the costumes are just tremendous. I'm yeah. watching them thinking, I want Marvel's art of the Black Panther. You can, you know. And you can sort of see the vibe they're going for. I think the poster really does kind of yep. give the yep. energy of what to expect. And I like that. I think something that they've cashed in on is each film having its own kind of um, colour palette and vibe and style, yep. um, which I think is is pretty cool. Yes, I think they should. Uh, my compliments um, to the designer Beechler and also to the costumer uh, Rufi Carter. Mm. You know the work that they've done in this film. Um, it's right up there with any any other big budget science fiction movie where they've just gone to town on yeah. it. Yeah, you know it's like fi- fifth element level sort of stuff. Star Wars, any of those ones where they've yeah. done so much world building in, yeah. the, in the design. That's true, actually. Yeah, this is just splendid. Um, yeah, I do have, I do have some issues. Maybe the plot is a little bit bog standard in places. Um, and there were some some notes where it felt like the pace had dropped a bit. I can't re- quite remember, but I do remember there was a couple of points where I thought, oh, I'm not too sure about this. I had a problem with some of the fight scenes. Yep. Um, there is a problem when you've got a black panther costume. It's yeah, black. it's very hard to see. If you're doing it at see. night, it's hard to see. And that means you can't appreciate the stunt work yeah. as well yeah. as you might. I did feel some of the fights I got a little bit lost. I actually thought this, and because they're extremely fast-paced, which I know is, is realistic, um, but there are tricks. I think this is a film that could have benefited from a little bit more use of slow motion. And I also think that towards the end they definitely... They realise, you know, you need to be able to see what's going on. I think we could have brought in some of those elements a bit earlier in the fight scenes. Like, just make up a reason. But then I need to be able to see what he's doing a bit clearer. Yeah, because, I mean, you can actually, um, with the other Marvel characters who are more brightly dressed, Mm. uh, most for the most part, you can actually see what they're doing there. You get a sense of their fight style. Yes, exactly. And that's really important. Like I know know what pose Cap will be in. I know that Tony will land, you know, the way in that Granoff pose. And even Spider-Man, like you kind of get a sense of the the style that he has as well. And you're right. I think we could see it in Captain America Civil War. It was a lot harder to see here. I didn't have that problem. And Natasha has the advantage, even though she has a black cat suit of having red hair. Usually, yeah, usually. Yeah, yeah, you know, so that helps. Well, her yes, because the out. full body thing, right? Yeah, yeah. With the head mask, yeah. hat mask, which is very frustrating because it, it's. And besides which, they give Natasha the uh, electronic blue uh, widow sting power up stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the 
the only problem with that is it, it, it is a black panther. That's what you're doing. That's, and it's so. meant to be this quick in the night. And I get yeah. that, but we also want to see cool fight stuff, right? Yeah. I would have liked to have seen him actually do some fighting without the costume. More, well, sometimes more they remove the head Actually, I'm, I, what am I talking about? They, they actually do that extensively in this film. Too. <laughs> I, 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 I There's those whole large myself. plot points where he's slap myself. not in the outfit. Yeah. Uh, and... I was disappointed, although I love what they did. They gave all of the scientific stuff to Shuri. Mm. Uh, I was disappointed that we didn't get the sense that um, T'Challa was actually a scientific genius in his own right. But I can see why they're not doing that because maybe they're pulling back on that a bit because we're already pretty crowded in that space. Yeah. With Tony and Bruce. Yeah. Maybe they're dialing that back a little. Perhaps. Or maybe we'll find that out later. Yeah. You know, like we've found out that Cap's no technical genius. It's, yeah. It seems to run on some form of electricity. But but we've also, <laughs> you know, so maybe when when Tony tries to do some of his stark snark at well, some stage, he's going to get slapped down big. And I, I, I think <laughs> the vibe was meant to be that maybe he's good but Shuri is better. Yeah. But anyway, I think maybe they've dialed it back a bit just so it's not too crowded. Yeah. Hmm. Broadcast mode. This is Crichton, the service android aboard the Starship Zero-G on 3 triple R FM. SOS! SOS! Mayday! Help! I am being held captive by rogue makeup artists who want to cover my face in plaster and latex rubber. Panic mode. Get me the hell out of here! Okay, well, our, my, my um, summation of the Black Panther was, yeah, and I want to see it again. Yes. Um, for the things that I might have missed. To be honest, the more I thought about it, the more I sat with it and discussing it now, I like it a lot more than when I first came out. Not that I didn't like it, but I think I appreciate more what it was doing. Mm, yeah. So, Okay. Now, on the subject of famous people from Africa, I saw a picture of Iman attending a premiere of the Black Panther, looking, uh-huh. looking mind-bogglingly regal herself, yes. um, wow. sadly without her late husband, yeah. David Bowie. Side and thinking of Bowie connections, Bowie was a bit of a booster for more recognition of black artists and music in general. And in the television broadcast of music videos in particular, in no, uh, 1982 interview, he challenged MTV to include more music videos by black artists and not just as an afterthought when they'd run out of other videos. Uh, he loaned part of this next track, our out track for today, to the opening title sequence of a European television tr- crime drama called The Last Panthers. There's our Bowie connection. Look at all for these today. links you've made. Yeah. No, 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 no. They're not no, links. they're Panthers. They're Panthers. Not links. Not links. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick that up. <laughs> I knew you. Get out of my head. And we're going to get out of your airwaves now. Joe Brunetti coming up next with Astral Glamour. And now our track is, of course, Black Star by David Bowie. <laughs> This has been a podcast from Free Triple R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.